This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of November 18th, 2018. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Vince. This week, the XFL prepares to scout and Oliver Luck dishes on player and coaches' salaries. It's episode 42, Optimum Scouting. Welcome, everybody, to the show once again. And this week is a very, very detailed edition because we've got some really great information from the league this week about the future uh, in terms of pay the future in terms of what's going to be on the field and who's going to be finding out who's going to be on the field so once again welcome remember you could be involved by calling the xfl fan line 724-565-4xfl at xfl show on twitter instagram and facebook vince welcome to this is the xfl show how you doing i'm doing great alan and we got an excellent show here a lot of news coming out this week and it just seems like each week we're getting more and more news more structure to this league as we get closer to 2020 more structure i love it jay if jake were here he'd be super excited for this oh, yeah. show <laughs> well, well he'd be he'd be a little upset that we're getting too much information well no he's he, he's excited because they haven't announced the cities yet so none of the big announcements have been made but the the foundation of the league is is really uh, coming together especially this week so this week ladies and gentlemen we learned a couple of things first we learned that well uh, the, the the pay scale, which we're going to dive deep into in a little bit, but also who's going to be out there helping the XFL find players. And that's one of the things we're going to touch upon as we get this thing started with our cover two. Going for two. Go for two and believe. So, Vince, first thing up in the cover two this week, XFL teaming up with a third party. I guess you'd say third party, second party, outsourcing. They're scouting to start the league up with a company called Optimum Scouting. Before we dive into who they are, what are your thoughts on the XFL going to an outside source, not XFL employees, to scout as the league gets started? Not not too bad of an idea because you think about it, you know, the NFL, uh, they got their own teams that have their own scouting uh, departments within their organizations that that are looking at looking for players uh, here. You know we don't have that kind of ownership for individual clubs. So you know the XFL as a whole has to do all this work uh, for themselves. And so I think this isn't uh, too bad of an idea going out getting a company to uh, contracting out that work to bring in good players, uh, good talent and putting them on teams, and that's the best way to be successful because we all know this is this league is going to be about the quality of the play. 
Oh, you beat me to it. I wanted to say it this time. It is about the quality of the play, and that's the news that came out this week, that the XFL will be partnering with Optimum Scouting for player evaluation in the news uh, letter, or the press release, excuse me, that came out. The XFL said, quote, the XFL today on November 16th announced an agreement with Optimum Scouting, a comprehensive football consulting business, to provide the league with extensive talent evaluation and scouting services. Optimum Scouting's approach focuses on player evaluation, with year-round input using predictive analytics to provide insight and decision-making tools. And I know what you did, Vince. Same thing I did as soon as I got this press release. I looked for Optimum Scouting online, and I found their website, OptimumScouting.com. And it's a pretty exciting uh, website. And actually, they have podcasts, and I started listening to them. And really have to say, very impressed with what Eric Galco does there at Optimum Scouting. I subscribe to that show now. I'll be listening. A real show for football nerds like us. And that's what you want in charge of your scouting. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm very interested to see what they do here. We know that the Alliance uh, of American Football earlier this year, they had a combine situation. Uh, We actually had boots on the ground there trying to get some information on it. Uh, It remains to be seen how that worked out for them. We don't know if the XFL is going to have something similar, but they got, uh, you know, they got a company backing them right now uh, out there looking for players. And I just can't wait to see some of these names that trickle in. I, you know, that, uh, you know, the XFL, they're going to be out there scouting for talent, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'm going to draw a comparison uh, to the WWE here and that, you know, they're always out looking for talent. It doesn't matter where it's at. And, and I could see the XFL uh, partnering, uh, with this company here to do something similar. And if you check out Optimum Scouting's uh, website, you'll learn a little bit more about them. They have some pretty cool articles about the NFL and just some, uh, you know, breaking down offenses and team and teams right now in this point of the season in the NFL. But uh, really awesome stuff here on their website. In term- I love the podcast in terms of analytics and-, and having, you know, a bunch of people who could go to those college all-star games for you, having people you could rely upon to look at tape that maybe you know right now the xfl doesn't have that giant staff or teams in place so who's going to be out there scouting for the initial startup that is this outsourced group optimum scouting and reading our friend jeff perlman's uh, usfl book football for a buck vin man uh they uh they had a very interesting start to their league in terms of scouting. They basically invented the modern day combine and they had guys working out in jeans, just basically doing (laughs) cattle calls, doing cattle calls. And that's not the way to go about it. Although the USFL put a lot of money into it and they, and they, you know, had some really big time players, but this seems like a a better way of, of, because you for the startup of a league, I think instead of a cattle call, I'm sure there will be you know tryouts. But the way that you really get good players is you scout them and you invite them to more, I guess you would say, closed environment combine situations. You know, uh, an invitation, if you will, to only the best players that you are gunning to be in your league. That's what this optimum scouting, I would guess, is there for. Yeah, well, I, I think it goes a little bit beyond that, uh, more than just uh, combine situations. I, I think you really, you know, if you're scouting a player, you, you know, combine, you know, it, it's only going to tell you so much. Uh, drills are only going to tell you so much. You got to watch tape. You, you got to watch tape on these players in actual games. And, and unfortunately, you know, maybe for the XFL with the pickings that they're going to have, 
you know, it may not be guys that have played in the NFL on a regular basis or have a lot of tape available. You know, you're going to have to watch tape from, you know, pre-exhibition games in the NFL or maybe, uh, you know, college games uh, from lower tier schools. Or maybe you're going to have to watch, you know, from NFL training camp practices. You're going to have to watch some tape of those uh, to really find out how, uh, find the best talent available because it's not always going to be, going to be there. And in a combine situation, you can only tell so much from drills, and I'm not a big fan of that. I'm more interested in the tape, and I think that's what this this uh, organization is going to do. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't know how many employees Optimum Scouting has, but they probably have a streamlined way of getting to that tape. They're probably not sending guys out, but guys maybe retrieving tape and looking at, you know, maybe even practice footage because a lot of the players that the XFL is going to be going after are guys who are going to be in NFL camps or maybe Optimus Scott will be sending guys to those camps. I don't know exactly. We don't know you know exactly what the service is going to provide in terms of uh, boots on the ground for the XFL, but Optimum Scouting services definitely seem in line with what the XFL is going to need at this juncture as they look to uh, acquire players and talent come early 2019, as Oliver Luck said. Yeah, it'll be – I I would say they're definitely going to have people at training camps. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, We don't know exactly when, you know, players are going to be reporting to camps uh, uh, for the XFL. You know, maybe it's even going to be before the next NFL season starts for all we know. Uh, But I guarantee you that they are going to have – uh, guys interested in all of these NFL camps just just licking their chops for guys uh, that don't quite make NFL rosters. Yeah, so it's interesting to see. We don't. I mean, Optimum Scouting. Uh, you know, not it, people who aren't you know super football nerds probably don't know about it. We didn't know about it, and we are we like to say we're football geeks. But uh, good luck to Optimum Scouting. Congratulations on them uh, teaming up with the XFL. And uh, I just want to put a word out to uh, Eric Galco, who runs that. He's the president of Optimum Scouting. Do more podcasts! Because I went back and listened to some. They only have episodes. The last one they did was in August, Vince. But I was listening to them just to get a, an idea of who these people are. And they were very good shows. So um, I, I subscribe, but they haven't done a show in a while. But... Hey, that's how you know you do a good show if you go back in the archive, which people can do by listening to this show. You know, we got some shows. We're 40-something episodes deep, right? This 42. Go back in the archive because a lot of the stuff we've talked about in the last 42 weeks still relevant today, as uh, Jake would tell you, because uh, some information still is not being revealed, like cities and, and players and such. So a lot of the stuff in the archive still relevant today, everybody. Tell your friends who are getting more and more interested in the XFL as we approach 2020, that, hey, go back, catch up. We got people calling in on the fan line, Vince, saying they're catching up and, and they're trying to get on to episode 42, but they're all the way back in the 20s, but they're listening all the way through. They're completionists. <laughs> they want to hear it all. Yeah, you bring up a good point there, you know, and that's the whole thing about the XFL. It's about being interactive. It's about creating the game that you want for the XFL. And the thing is, they are listening. I cannot stress that enough. I say it every week, and I feel like not enough people are having their voice uh, spoken out because it will be heard. I guarantee you that. Uh, the XFL is listening. 
So make sure that you're not just downloading the show. You're not just subscribing to the show, but you're also interacting with us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and you're interacting with the XFL itself because they want to hear what you have to say. And a good way to do that is to call this fan line at 724-565-4XFL. Tell us what you want and it will be heard. Absolutely. Amen. Vince, amen. And, and people are calling. And actually, we have so many calls this week that, uh, in all honesty, with all the news coming out, I was going through that, doing my research on Optimum and and going over some great things Oliver Luck said this week that I don't have time to listen to all of your fan line. We're, we're being flooded. That's a good thing. The, fl- the fan line's being flooded. So this week, we're going to not, we're going to go coast to coast on the fan line coming up shortly. But, uh, we're just going to go coast to coast with the call of the week. My favorite one, Vince. I, I know you're going to love it when you hear it. And, uh, promise everybody you will be heard, uh, on the air. We'll play your, your stuff, uh, next week who called in this week. And of course, Vince said the number 724-565-4XFL to go coast to coast with your fellow XFL fans. Part two of our cover two here Vince Uh, Oliver Luck did another interview did another podcast much like he did this one uh, not too long ago a couple months back but latest with Russ Salzberg of the OG Podcast Network great job by Russ Salzberg the New York legend talking to Oliver Luck Uh, he didn't hold back asking the questions Oliver Luck did not reveal any cities even though Russ Salzberg tried to bait him into (laughs) it he did not good job by Russ we wanted to get it but he didn't and that's just credit to Oliver Luck, who's great at, you know, just he, he's doing what he's got to do. And that is supposedly coming in early December. But there was some good news uh, that we did not know dropped in this interview. And uh, the salary structure, there's tiers. We'll get to that in detail coming up. But some other things, uh, Oliver Luck talking about a six-week training camp to prep for the 12-week season for the XFL. Uh, you know, we're going to get players and coaches in early 2019, but the official training camps will be six weeks before the season starts Vince so that means there's so with players and coaches you know being brought on in in early 2019 I mean those six weeks are really the official training camps but training camps are going to be starting well before that at least team building exercises or OTAs I guess is what the NFL would call them yeah so you know you have to imagine yeah the season's going to start right after the Super Bowl uh, I believe. I don't know if we've had an official date revealed yet for that. No, uh, but I be- yeah, but right after the Super Bowl is what we've been led to believe. Uh, so that's the beginning of February. If you count six weeks back from that, uh, you're looking at sometime mid December for a start. Uh, so you could get a lot of work done in that amount of time. And you got to think that maybe you know, like you said, some OTA type activities are going to take place. You know, maybe in December or October, something like that. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're under a year away from seeing, you know, the rosters of these teams and how they're going to be shaping the, 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 the XFL. And we're supposedly weeks away from knowing where these teams will play football. Uh, but of course, Oliver Luck, not divulging any cities, but he did say, here's a quote, markets that give us the best chance at success. And we posed that question to, uh, you XFL fans on social media this week. And ask asking you once again. I mean, we've been doing this, but this is, I guess, in a different way. Someone did call us out. Didn't we do this back in in July? Yeah, we did. But we're still asking the question. Oliver Luck says markets that give us the best chance of success. Now we said earlier we argued the best cities for the XFL, but the markets that give the XFL the best chance of success is that any different? Is is that just worded differently, Vince? And if so, what does it mean? And where are those cities? 
I, I think it's I, – I don't know. I think that's just something he's going to say there. You know, I, I think everybody, you know, know that. I mean, of course they're not going to put themselves in a market where they don't think they su- can succeed. I don't think it's any different than what the, the, you know, the line's been the entire time. Yes, exactly. So that's what we've been talking, you know, for incessantly since the announcement. That was the first thing everybody said, where will the games be? Uh, but Oliver Luck still, he, he's come. I got to give him credit. Great commissioners know how to uh, rephrase things, give different answers, doing, you know, the car wash of podcasts and radio interviews. Oliver Luck, though, uh, will not tell the cities, but he says early December. Um, great question by Russ Salzberg asking about how the XFL owns all the teams and a uh, great answer from Oliver Luck as well. If you listen to the interview, he talked about how the league is vertically integrated Vince and how that means, you know, one owner, one ownership structure. It makes it easier to launch a league. Do you agree with that? That one owner makes it easier to launch the league. Uh, it may be for launching. I would certainly say so uh, because, you know, you just got continuity. Uh, across now, you can't be playing any favoritism, or maybe it's good to play some favoritism. I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that, but you know, you got everything under one roof. Everything's every- controlled. Everything's controlled. Yeah. it's all going to be, you know, and with you know, when it getting into a little bit later, uh, you know, the salary structure is you know, relatively the same for all the players, same across all the teams. Uh, you know, it's all going to be controlled it's all going to be everybody's going to be on the same page here and you're going to see a lot of different or not not, not quite different um but you're going you're going to see maybe little differences between each team but it's all going to be the same and it's all going to be team, under uh, it's under, under the same one, umbrella yeah, the same package but don't make sure each team has their own identity i'm i'm sure of that i'm hoping you know, because here's where this this i'm i'm all for the you know the as he called it vertically integrated ownership structure it makes sense to me at least how oliver luck explained it but this is what i hope doesn't happen like when you said all the teams will be the same i hope i hope that's only in with how they're announced and with uh, you know how the league rolls rolls out each team and, and introduces each team fairly and and equally, but I want it to stop there. I mean, and also of course opportunities at players and coaches. But I want it to stop there because what we saw with the AAF, and of course we're going to compare because these two leagues are in competition. We we can't avoid that fact. Where uh, and you know Oliver Luck gets brought up, you know the AAF now gets brought up to him in every interview he does, and. He's doing a good job of, you know, acknowledging them, but really not speaking about them to give them bulletin board material or maybe say something that makes the XFL look bad or even the AAF look bad. He just acknowledges, yes, people love football and they're trying to give people more football. But what the AAF did, comparing them, rolling out all the teams under uh, a vertically integrated ownership structure, we talked about the logos, the team names, how everything came out. Nothing stood out because everything was basically the same. Now, we're fans of the Memphis Express name for sure, but all the logos <laughs> look similar. You know, besides, none of the names really pop or great. I mean, you know, it's 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 really kind of just all in one bunch. And I don't know, the cities might be excited for these teams because you know, we're not in those cities, you and I at least. But it felt very it felt too uniform the way the AAF did it, rolling out their cities and their team names. And they did it separately. They did it, you know, four and four. 
but still, I don't think that gave enough individuality to the cities. I hope the XFL, in terms of logo creation, maybe you have more than one person put all the logos together, because really that's the bad thing about the AAF logos. They all look the same. I agree with you there. You know, Each team's got to have their own identity here, and I, I think we will get that. You know, especially with who, uh, you know, maybe the cities and, you know, like you said, the logo. I think that is very important just to see it on paper, what it looks like. But also, you know, once you have these t- these players assigned to teams, like we don't know if there's going to be a draft or, or, or what the hell is going to be uh, <laughs> used uh, well, to divvy up these players. And We and have put- we have some idea Oliver Luck did go into in that interview we'll talk about in a second. But, but you're also going to have, you know, different coaches. For each of these teams, and and the coaches, they could bring their own identity to them. Yes, and, and you know maybe their the personality of the coaches. Face. Yes, yeah, players, coaches, owners, you know, really dictate the personality of cities and teams. I mean, entire cities in this country uh, took on the personalities of some uh, some of their NFL owners. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and, and and really, you know, teams have identity because of a great coach from back in the day. I mean, that that's what sets teams apart and when you roll all the teams out in a vertically integrated ownership structure one thing you do risk is not giving each team a unique identity so I'm hoping the XFL in terms of logos in terms of how the teams are rolled out the cities are announced but individuality is so I, important I think I, for that I hear what you're saying but you know are you really going to find eight owners that are going to invest in a no, uh, essentially their own team. So I don't exactly, think you can do anything else. Yeah, there. the USFL had different owners. They had you know ownership group, but th- this is a, a easy this this way that took you know years to to launch. This way you get two years for the XFL to 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 launch their league from the announcement because it is a vertically integrated structure. It makes things more seamless, quicker, and more efficient. That's why you do it. But that is the one thing you do risk is individuality because when you got eight different owners, you got eight different personalities for your eight different teams. That's the exciting thing from that. But then, of course, you got a lot of butting of the heads. So are we risking individuality for the vertically integrated ownership structure? That's the thing. We're fingers crossed uh, that Vince McMahon, Oliver Luck, and the XFL are able to uh, avoid what the AAF, I think, kind of fell into, which was just a muck of, of just kind of sameness, which... Really, can you tell me? What, I honestly can't even think about any of the logos in the AAF. They all—all all I see when I close my eyes is only the Birmingham Irons bland B. It's just so plain. But uh, <laughs> maybe that's the Memphis Express fan in me talking, Vince. I don't know. Uh, you brought up the draft for the XFL. Uh, another part of the interview here with Russ Salzberg and Oliver Luck. He said there will be a series of drafts and. I wouldn't even call them drafts. I think he's maybe dumbing it down for fans there because these aren't going to be drafts as much as these are going to be periods of time where XFL teams are, I guess it would be a draft, but be able to, it's not going to be televised, I doubt, because there are going to be different points of the year where the XFL is going to be able to pick up players. Teams will have priority at signing players. Like he mentioned, uh, you know, beginning of September, NFL cuts, 900 players get cut and about three or 400 of them will be available for the XFL. And that's where they'll go get a series of guys. Uh, pre-camp, non-invited players to camps 
no contracts going into a summer. Oliver Luck said that's a point in time where the XFL will get players. And then, of course, you have the spring NFL cuts after the season. And then, of course, you have undrafted free agents uh, from, you know, after the NFL draft in April, May. So different points of the year will be where we have a draft, but we're not going to have Vince a draft, uh, you know, as we know, come, have come to know it in the major sports leagues in the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, at least until the XFL is a few years in, right? Yeah, I, I would think so. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe with the way that the way the, you know, the timing of the league and where they're going to be pulling players from, maybe they'll never be, you know, a formal draft. Uh, maybe it's always going to be like an auction system. Yeah. And, and uh, it, or just it, how free agency works, you know, it's just going to be basically points of the year on, and, the, on the league and, calendar where that that is the moment where teams can get players. And I'm sure there will be some you, sort of. Fair you bring order. up an interesting point, and I don't know if this has been talked about yet. I mean, who's going to be the you know the is it the the player personnel directors for each of these clubs? Is it going to be strictly just the coach, or is it going to be you know uh, a general manager for each team that's going to be uh, making the decisions on on what players they want to bring in? We know that the scouting service is going to be identifying the guys. Uh, that are going to be, you know, adequate to play in this league. But, you know, who's going to be assigning them to – who's going to be making the decisions uh, of who they want? Who's going to be the guy that says, you know, I need Trent Richardson on the Memphis Express? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or is he Bur- – I think he's on the Birmingham Iron. But, yeah, yeah, I know what you're getting at. Um, the the stru- the team structure is actually what Oliver Luck is I, – I think I don't think it was in this interview. It might have been in a previous interview, but he said – some of the boring things we're doing right now is coming up with how these teams will be structured, you know, in the front office. I said, boring. That's great. Talk more about that stuff because you and yeah. I could talk days about player personnel roles and, and who will be in charge. Will it be head coaches as general managers or whatnot? So uh, interested to see where that goes with the XFL. But we do know there will be a series of quote unquote drafts, really drafts only in name, I guess, the way Oliver Luck put it. Um, also, he mentioned there will be no three year rule necessarily for players to be eligible, but the XFL isn't going to focus on getting young players ahead uh, of them being prepared. So even though there might be great players uh, that are young, the XFL knows that uh, those guys will probably hold off for the NFL, even though they're not eligible for the NFL yet, is I think what he was getting at. So they're not, the focus won't be on, you know, cutting in and getting guys before they're eligible for the NFL, which I think is wise. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, of course, most of these players, he said, will be NFL camp guys, CFL players, experienced college football players. And the other big thing from this interview, before we get to our hot read, Vince, and our call of the week as we go XFL coast to coast, legacy carriers. When when I tell you legacy carriers on television, what what networks are you thinking about? Oh, <laughs> Legacy carriers. I mean, you got to looking at the big boys there. You're looking at NBC. You're looking at Fox. You're looking at ABC, uh, CBS. Those are those are legacy carriers. They are, and that's who Oliver Luck says they're in talks with. And he said well, the WWE relationship with Vince oh. McMahon has been very beneficial for the XFL, and that by the end of this calendar year, people will be quote pleasantly surprised, end quote, with the television deal 
for the XFL. Well, I'll say this, and and you can go back and listen in the archives. Uh, this is the XFL show, and when we had Mister Luck on, on our uh, airways, and we he even said, you know, that they're talking to you know big time television networks to carry these games, and. Uh, you and know, it looks he, like he, those he, talks he, have gone well because he it, said we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and we, you know, it, you know, and you talk about WWE relationship. Obviously, you're looking at NBC there, and we, uh, myself and Jake, we were at a at a talk uh, featuring Vince McMahon's personal lawyer, Mister McDivitt, and you know, he even said himself that he's been working on a lot of things for the XFL. And you know, initially, we thought immediately, oh, it's got to be some sort of you know, television contract or some sort of major deal. Uh, so I am not surprised by any of this. Uh, the talk has been there. Uh, if you're reading the tea leaves, if you will. And I, I can't wait to see this announced because this is going to tell everybody right here how serious this league is. Yeah, this, this, this could go a long way in terms of getting the uh, excitement built up a little bit more. If you're, especially if, you know, you have your, uh, you're, you know how the networks have those big those big yearly advertiser uh, conferences, right, in New York City where they're all there pitching to advertisers. They bring in their biggest stars and their biggest shows. I mean, when the, if the XFL is a part of all those and, and part of those those big promotions and it's on, on board with a big network, I mean, everybody's going to be talking about it. Everybody's going to be excited for 2020 or even more people than there are right now. And uh, hopefully that results in more people Interacting with us, Vince, calling us at 724-565-4XFL, the XFL fan line. And our cover, two that's in the books. And before we get to this week's hot read, so many people calling the XFL fan line, so much news happening and getting everything out in front of us. I was cutting up some of your calls to play them on the show, everyone, and they were great, but there were so many. And instead of figuring out where and how we'd get them all in without making the show go for over an hour and ruining your day, instead, we just picked our favorite call from the week. Well, I did, Vince. You haven't even heard it yet. And we're going to play it for you right now as this week we go coast to coast with the XFL. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'd like to uh, make a comment on a debate you guys had last episode about what quarterback they'd like to see in the NFL go to the XFL. I'm looking at the number one overall pick for the XFL is going to be the boy from Jeanette, Pennsylvania, Terrell Pryor. He can build a team around him. He can build a dynasty around this guy. He can throw the ball. He can catch the ball. He can do it all. Again, my name's Jeff Janis, and I'm going to see what you guys think about him being number one pick in the XFL. All right, Vince. That's our good friend Jeff calling in, uh, who was a first-time, long-time, and asked, wanted us to talk about Terrell Pryor as a potential big-time pick, first pick in the XFL. Could you make an XFL dynasty around Terrell Pryor, Vince? Uh, well, you know, absolutely. Uh, I'll say that you could. Um, you know, this is a guy that was you know, number one recruit in the class overall when he was coming out of high school. Just made a terrible mistake with his college. That's why. That's yeah, maybe why you know, he's still not in the I NFL. Mean, th- this, is, this is a guy... You know that could was a top twenty-five basketball recruit. You know this is a guy who could be playing in the NBA right now if he would have focused his game there. 
uh, and you know maybe still could be a you know a uh, this guy could have been a Pro Bowl defensive end if great he wanted a- to great athlete yes he I- could I'm do it all. yeah and, and yeah. an excellent wide receiver but he chose to play quarterback uh, you can't fault him too much uh, this guy you know led Ohio State to a couple Rose Bowl appearances uh, didn't quite work out in the NFL at the quarterback position kind of putting an end to all that running quarterback uh, horse hockey. And, but, you know, he's still, you know, making, collecting a paycheck every now and then as a wide receiver. And most recently cut by the Jets, or is he on the Bills right now? He's uh, on the Bills. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. Got signed by the Bills after being cut by the Jets. Instantly uh, became their best quarterback. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not, now we'll talk about this a little bit with the salary structure coming up here. Uh, it would be a cut and pay for him to go down and, and to the XFL to play quarterback. Uh, but, you know, you know, maybe he makes that money up in, uh, you know, uh, endorsements well, or advertising. Also, because by 2020, could... I, th- I think <laughs> Terrell Pryor will be XFL bound. I like I, I like the suggestion by Jeff there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know about first pick. Uh, well, you know, if, if you want a dynamic playmaker there, uh, you know, maybe he, he's the guy that you look to. I, I certainly could see it. Yeah, number one pick uh, could be a stretch. I don't know who's going to be available. There's not even going to be a draft. <laughs> there are no number one picks about, it's ser- about, you know uh, it's a series of drafts it's yeah, a series it's just- of drafts and uh, i'll tell you if i had my first pick trail part might be in the top five maybe yeah but right a good, now a good two-way player as far as i'm concerned you want me to drop the bombshell on the show right now my first, my number one guy i want in the xfl at least if i'm if i'm in charge of putting a team together who I'm picking first? If the, uh, I'll I'll speak for Jake and let's save it for another episode. Really, I can't tell you. I can't tell you right now <laughs> that it's me, Chad I Kelly. I can't tell you it's Chad Kelly, future uh, XFL MVP. I, I do like I am a you know especially if if uh, you know rap albums are going to be involved. <laughs> you got to have a, Chad Kelly yeah. in there. I'm not a fan of you know breaking into someone's house and sitting on their couch and eating and. and really intoxicated but if chad kelly gets his stuff together uh, i'd be a guy i'd want to see in the xfl but jeff love that love when anybody calls in and tells us players they they could see in the xfl because then i get to picture it in my head and say yeah i could see that guy wearing a la extreme or whatever jersey uh so yeah Terrell Pryor, great call could you imagine kelly and Pryor, quarterbacks of the championship game just going at it in, in in a in a 51 to 50 score just think about all the good quarterbacks that will be available for the XFL. And that brings <laughs> us to this week's hot read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, buster, Miller, tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. Okay, the hot read this week, Vince, we'll take up a little bit from what Oliver Luck talked about with Rhett Salzberg on that podcast and dive deeper into it because he he laid out the entire salary structure, which will be tiered, as in uh, tiers, not T-E-A-R, but T-I-E-R. And there will be a top tier, a tier two, and a tier three, according to Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL. Top tier players in the XFL, Vince, are going to make 
$250,000 to $300,000 per year. That is a good amount considering what competitors the AAF are going to pay, considering what competitor the NFL practice squad will pay. I think the top tier XFL player and the CFL got to consider that too. The top tier XFL player is going to get a really good opportunity to make some money playing football. And I think that lends to the XFL to them getting some good, good talent, especially at the quarterback position. How about you? Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, you're, you're making more than a practice squad player. And in today's day and age of, you know, of the economy, I mean, what, you know, what better thing to do than capitalize on, on a nice paycheck of $300,000 per year than to play football while you're still physically capable. Uh, you know, if you're an ex, ex player and, you know, you still want to be involved with the game and you're not quite good enough to play in the NFL, you know, if you become a coach, you know, a coach at a small school or, or a high school, uh, you're not making that much money. You ain't making $300,000 a year. Uh, so this is this is uh, quite a surprise uh, as far as I'm concerned for what the XFL uh, is putting out in terms of player salary. Uh, and I, I would say this, you know, it just shows the commitment that the XFL is willing to do uh, in order to attract good talent. And, and that, that top-tier salary, I think you're going to attract – Guys like Terrell Pryor, guys like Chad Kelly, who's going to be looking to get back into football. Although I don't know if he'll be able to get top tier with all the shenanigans in his personal life. But also, you know, you might laugh at this, but if the XFL could get some of the top, if they could get one high quality MVP caliber CFL quarterback, that's going to go a long way in terms of the quality of the play in the league. A guy who has his stuff together. A, a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell, who is just, he's a baller up in Canada for Calgary. If you get a guy like that, a professional quarterback, to come in and run an offense efficiently in the XFL, make the game look good, that'll be great for the league, great for the player. And I think this 250k to 300,000, about what you're making if you're a, a really great CFL player, you could maybe make some more in the CFL. I don't know. That's all in Canadian, right? I don't know exchange rates, Vince, but I think. <laughs> The XFL is going to get themselves some damn good quarterbacks, you know, relatively speaking. Obviously, we're not getting Aaron Rodgers in this league, but I think fun. You're going to have eight pretty good quarterbacks if you're paying them all about that much. And we know the top tier money, that's going to be geared towards getting good quarterbacks because that's what it's all about if you want quality play. Yeah, I agree with you, Alan. And even even if you're a tier two player making 150K a year, you know, that's about on par with a practice squad player. But think about the endorsements that you may get. You know, you don't see, uh, you know, a practice squad lineman uh, in the NFL, you know, endorsing car dealerships. Yeah, but, you know, local you, car you may, dealerships. Yeah. yeah, but you may see, you know, an XFL uh, player in your local town. I'm he hate me. Get, Shop at Smart Honda. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. I bet he gets paid ten grand to do that. And, you know, that's a pretty uh, substantial portion of the salary. That's, you know, that's kind of pie in the sky. I mean, I don't know how many XFL Tier 2 players will get endorsements unless they ball out. Uh, But 150 to 175 Ks Tier 2. But think about this, Vince. This is the most important thing, especially for a player making that in that range. 
you're tier two in the XFL. That means you were close to being a practice squatter or were a practice squad guy and chose to play in the XFL. Why? Reps. Reps is the most important thing. And with the XFL allowing players to have an avenue to get to the NFL when the season's over, getting that, those kind of reps, you know, just thinking about what Kurt Warner did in Europe, going on to the NFL because he had the reps, he was prepared to go in there for, for Trent Green and win a damn Super Bowl and become a Hall of Fame quarterback. That will that will that story alone ins- will inspire hundreds of players making this very decision coming up in 2020. Tier two XFL, sit on the pine in the NFL. Your choice is yours, and you know a bet on yourself as a practice squatter, I guess, is something you might want to do. But reps, those are not handed out. If you decide to go with the reps, that could go a long way. I well, think that is a huge, yeah. huge factor there. You think the reps are more important than learning a system uh, in the NFL and, and, you know, just where you're on a practice squad where you're maybe just one injury away of being called up to the main roster? I, I, I do. For some guys, I do. Especially a quarterback. A, quarter, a quarterback in any practice squad, hell yeah, you have to go oh, to a the quarterback, absolutely. Quarterback, absolutely. I'd agree I, with you. I would, yeah, and I would say, I would say maybe even a, a cornerback – We've talked a lot about how that's the hardest position now to play in football, probably even more so than quarterback. Uh, getting the reps at, at corner and just you know being able to display your talents, uh, I think that way would go further than sitting on the pine and being available in case of injury. Um, there are certain positions. Uh, kicker. It, it kickers, kickers putting stuff on tape. I think Tier 2 in the XFL – getting reps well, is where you want to go. Well, I don't think there's any uh, practice squad kickers. I think no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you do have a lot. Whenever a guy goes down in the NFL, though, in a kicker, they have tryouts. But this will change the game a little bit. Uh, I mean, if a guy goes down midseason and you're a kicker and you want to be in the NFL, you can't play in the XFL. Why? Because you can't leave a team in the middle of the season yeah. to go play in the NFL. What a gamble so, it is. You know, you're, you're either taking a guaranteed contract of the, in the XFL or you're, you know, you're jumping to the NFL. Yeah. But you got to think. You, yeah, yeah. you want to be kicking every week or do you want to be sitting waiting for a chance to go try out to kick? But you got to think a, a kicker in the XFL has got to be two or three. I'll, I'll say that. Oh, that's what, even, yeah, that's what they're going to make. Yeah, and I'll yeah, even exactly. say it's close yeah. to 50 grand a year. If you're yeah. getting paid fifty grand a year for what ten weeks, yeah. uh, just to kick, yeah, sign me up for that. Exactly, <laughs> and, exactly, exactly. And that that tier three is fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars a year. And just think about that, though. Yeah, you, you, you gotta. <laughs> do you want to just uh, th- that tier three guy? That that is a no brainer. You you take. Oh my you don't goodness! I mean, kickers, to, and, kickers be, and punters out of any yeah. other position got to be loving this. Right yes, this is great. Great day for kickers and punters, and also a, a great day for guys who, you know, get kicked off, of, get don't make the cut to be on a practice squad, or, or still, you know, free agents during the year and hoping for some reason there are enough injuries that they could be on an NFL squad. Who wants to sit around waiting for that to happen when you could be playing in the spring? So, uh, really exciting news, I think, for the players that that's that salary structure is pretty pretty decent not lucrative obviously with you know millions of dollars other athletes will be making but that is a a, a nice living 
uh, to be a football player at least for 10 weeks out of the year. And not to mention, probably the best thing to come out of that, Oliver Luck talking about the tiers in the salary structure, Vince, victory bonuses are back. One of the things I really wanted to see from the 2001 XFL, you win and you get paid as a player and a coach. You win and you get paid more money. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I, I like that. It, it, you know, it shows that you know to uh, to to the viewing audience. You know, these guys are not just showing up to collect the paycheck and go through the motions, and that you they're want the out winner's there. Winner's side of the purse. Yeah, they want to get out there and get themselves some, and, and that's what we're going to see in the XFL. The competition spirit is going to be big. I have a feeling. Yes, I, I got kids to feed, and I got to win to to because they hungry. That's what it's all about in the XFL. Also, coaches' salaries were revealed to be $500,000 a year, Vince. Uh, what kind of coaches do you think they're going to get at that rate? Unfortunately, I'll tell you one that won't be. Les Miles, he's going to be coaching the <laughs> Kansas Jayhawks. So that was a that was the bad news this week. No Les Miles. Although, maybe he'll get fired by 2020. I hope not for Les, Les's sake. But uh, what kind of coaches do you th- think they're getting at 500K? Definitely young guys. Uh, yeah, you would think so, or just like really old timers that just want to have some fun. George uh, O'Leary. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably got a couple lawsuits to pay for. So he's probably looking for some money. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, and you could probably speak a little bit more to this than I can, Alan, about, uh, you know, maybe some of the lower conferences uh, in college football, like the Sun Belt, with how much they're paying their head coaches. Um, and But certainly their coordinators aren't getting paid $500,000 mm, a year. No. I would not think so. So, you know, if you're you're somebody at that kind of level and you're looking to make a name for yourself uh, and maybe to be the, the face of something and show that you could lead, lead an organization, uh, XFL, that's a place for you, 500K a year, half a mil. That ain't too bad. Yeah, are you more excited to see what coaches will be announced for these teams or what players? Because I think uh, the, eight, uh, the eight coaching personalities are going to be so big in, in what we talked about earlier, the identity uh, of the teams. I I, the, I think the coaches are paramount, at least for the league and, and how. Because really, if you think about the original XFL, one thing that they missed out on were uh, the personalities and head coach weren't. Some of them were, you know, Jerry DiNardo was fun, but his team stunk. But, you know, they gotta have fun guys, coach, and that's one thing the AAF did well. I think they got Steve yeah. Spurrier, they got, they this got is Mike a, Singletary. This, yeah, it's a, it, it's an interesting route because you know if you if you're a young coach, uh, you know this is so much of an I'm gonna call it an easier job than being a college coach, especially a college coordinator. Less I pressure. Mean, yeah, at a college coordinator, less pressure for sure. You don't never have know. to win. You just you have know, to look good. You never know when your uh, number is going to be called up to get fired. But then also, you know, the demands of the job as a college coordinator, I mean, you're out recruiting on the road all the time. I mean, uh, uh, just about, you know, every week, outside of the season, just about every week of the year, you know, you're on the road scouting players, going into players' homes, trying to recruit them to your school. Here, if in the XFL, you know, it's going to be a demanding job. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, mostly you're going to be home. You're going to be uh, just preparing for games. Much easier route to go. I could see a lot of, uh, I could see a lot of competition in order to get one of these these eight uh, coaching spots. 
Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, see if they go younger than the AAF did in terms of uh, the coaches. They did get some older guys, but personalities that you're excited to uh, follow. But uh, that might just be window dressing, as some have kind of been talking about with the AAF. They got these names we recognize as coaches, but the players, not very recognizable in the AAF. And we'll see what the salary structure, what the XFL can get in terms of name value for the players. But what do you think about it? Everybody listening, you XFL fans, you, you football freaks, let us know at XFL Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Vince, I think we've... Uh, We've wrapped this one up pretty well. We covered a whole lot. Uh, I, I've learned today that, uh, well, Optimum Scouting do great podcasts, but they stopped, and I want them to come back, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do want to hear from them, and we want to hear from you. Make sure you call that XFL. Uh, this is the XFL Show fan line at 724-565-4XFL, and make sure you also interact with us on all of our platforms. All of them. We're everywhere. This is the XFLshow.com as well. That's where it all gets put. And uh, appreciate you interacting with us. And we're going to try to uh, dig more into this uh, Optimum Scouting. Maybe we'll get one of uh, their representatives on the program. Uh, we're always looking for great guests. If you want to be a guest on the show, just reach out to us on social media. Our uh, DMs are open for you. And uh, we're there on Twitter, at XFL Show. Vince, you got anything left, man? I'm, I'm ready. It's a football weekend. It's a football Sunday. Remember, the show drops 7 a.m. every football Sunday. So we have some actual football to watch. And we covered a lot of ground today. No doubt about that. Getting very excited for the XFL. A lot coming up here. Can't wait to hear these teams. Can't wait to hear the players. And... Can't wait to hear the rules of this league uh, for what's going to be happening here. And I got to remind everybody right now that the XFL is listening. They want to hear from you. They want to shape this league. This is our league. It's going to be for the fans. They're listening. It's the league for you. And if they're listening, that means it's by you and us as football fans. So let's let them hear it. We're building a league here as we speak. Actually, as we speak, I'm watching football. I'm getting out of here. For Vince, I'm Alan. Thanks for listening. This is is the XFL Show.